0: Hi there, everybody. This is Patrick Duffy, and you're listening to TV Confidential.
1: This is the Bob Shannon Show on KRUX, and uh, we're having great fun here. I wish you could all come down here, but I'll tell you what we're going to do tonight. Maybe later on tonight at the hotel, we're staying at the uh, what's the name of it? Mountain Shadows. Oh, we're staying at the Mountain Shadows, and we might if we might have a party down there. You know? Yeah, everybody,
0: come over to the Mountain Shadows for a party. Ed Robertson, with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. We will welcome back Edgar nominated writer, producer, and mystery novelist Lee. Goldberg. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, Chuck Carter is with us as we continue our look at how the Monkees' television series holds up after 55 years. Calendar year 2023 marks the 55th anniversary of the second and final season of the Monkees on NBC. Chuck Carter wrote the acclaimed documentary, Hey, Hey, We're the Monkees, for the Disney Channel, where he interviewed not only all four Monkees, Mickey Dolan, Davy Jones, Peter Tork, and Michael Nesmith, but just about anybody who was somebody behind the Monkees phenomenon. Before we went to break we were beginning to discuss some of the ways in which the second season of the Monkees differed from the first. Now we get to the fall of 67. They've completed their summer tour and they're back in production and I don't remember whether they're still touring on the weekends in the fall but they come back Different. They come back way different, and maybe it's just exhaustion or maybe it's just getting a sense of their own power and impact, but the
1: show becomes a secondary effort for them. More or less true. What happened is in the summer of 67, they went out and they had a backing band, and they also played as the four of them for some of it, and very successful. I mean, huge stadiums, screaming girls, Beatlemania, Monkeymania. And they went over to England, and they hung out with the Beatles, who did not criticize them. You know, John Lennon said, as Jones would do, the bad accent, Yeah, you like the Marx brothers. You know, because they understood that it's an acting comedy show with some music. They Mm. were cool with it. So even with all the criticism of, oh, they're not a real band, or they don't play their instruments, or it's faked, or this or that... The Beatles like them, but they are hanging out and being treated sort of as equals with the Beatles, the biggest rock group on earth. Uh huh. And drugs have entered the picture in various levels. Frotus. Pretty <laughs> much Frotus. Yeah, which is a, a leafy sort of substance for those who are ignorant. But yeah, and, and you know, exhaustion too, as you said and just keep going, 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 going. Bigger, 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 bigger. And their third album, Headquarters, came out, uh, I'm pretty sure before the second season aired, in which they played all their instruments. They had Don Kirshner fired. They're now in control. Uh Ooh, Rafelson and Snyder, this is still cool, but the inmates look like they want to run the asylum. Hey, guys, this is a TV series.
0: Which goes back to what Rosemarie said. In right. the first season, they didn't know anything. They were very accommodating. The second season, they thought they knew everything. There's
1: now egos. Yeah. I mean, Nesmith said, I think in our documentary, you know, somebody told him to go to a newsstand, and he did. And he said his face was on like 20 magazine covers you know that kind of stuff and remember they're all in their early 20s the heads definitely mickey said we came back with swelled heads so to come back from being the beatles and outselling the beatles that year of course the beatles didn't make that as many records but they outsold the beatles what this fake tv can't play weird yeah they did So they come back, and now they have to go back to being on the Columbia lot at six o'clock in the morning and party after they've been partying all night. And they have to act in these scripts. And so when I started to get into the second season, I noticed something, at least for a while. As you know, Ed, in preparation for a new season. The scripts are often written months ahead. Yeah. So they get X, they get say 12, 13 scripts, so they can start to film those in preparation of, you know, the September debut. Right. Back then they would start production in June. While they're out being the Beatles, scripts are being written for the second season. Okay. So they come back with the new attitudes (laughs) and perceptions. And they're handed these scripts, and I don't, it's an irony that the first quarter of the second season, the scripts are really inane and dumb. They are, you know, and I went, ooh, I can kind of see it, where they come back and, what? Because everything's changed now. They start to get better in a way. But those early ones, and and I didn't see it in the first chunk of the second season, but around episode eight or nine, something starts to happen. And you can see them rolling their eyes in the background like, this is dumb. They even say that a lot. That's a new running gag. Isn't that dumb where there's some sort of comic thing? And you can even see where there's a quick cut because one of them's starting to crack up laughing. Mm -hmm. And you can start to see... We're better than this dumb material. And it's sad to see it because they all look good. They still were talented. But it gets more common as the second season goes along. We're superior to this jive material. Not on all the episodes. And this isn't something that impacts anybody's ability to enjoy it. But seeing it again as I did, I saw that and I went, oh, no, you have to remember too that the monkeys, unlike the Beatles, did not have a central manager. They had no Brian Epstein. They sort of each had their entourage. You told them, You're the one. You're the one. you, you know.
0: Which goes back to a point you made when we talked about the music. One of the reasons you know you, you, you speculated and I think you're right. One of the reasons why the monkeys phenomenon crashed and burned after two or three years is because they didn't have a central a strong central uh, management figure who would who 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 could keep them under control and keep them all on the same page.
1: Well, yeah, and and groups need that. Of any any sort of group needs a father figure that they all can complain to, and fix it or fix the egos. Or if some guy's getting a swelled head, or some guy's getting more attention, or some guy isn't getting enough attention, or whatever it is, they didn't have that, and they each had, like I said, an entourage saying, "No, you're the one. No, you're the one." So. The episodes continue along and again, maybe I'm looking at it as an overcritical eye at my age or experience seeing it. I don't wish I'll say this at this point, anybody hearing this when it airs, do not not look at the second season. I'm not paying a picture that it's awful or unwatchable or terrible. It's it isn't. just it's a
0: different it's just a show. Different. It's different. It's just it's a different show than the first it's season. It's
1: an absolute different show. Yeah, you know, meaning there's actually two monkey series although they're although they do have some
0: you know quote for lack of a better word traditional or plot lines that were similar to what we saw in the first season That's if I true. remember there's one episode in the second year where uh Davey they're on a talent show a hullabaloo type show and they learn that every group has to have a girl
1: in so it So he goes and drag So Davey
0: goes and drag
1: and uh
0: um, that's and and as I recall, that's not a bad show.
1: No, no, and and some of the more conventional ones, at least after that first four or five or six. Now I think the script writers are sort of aware of the change in them, or maybe the directors, or Rafelson and Snyder are telling them, okay, we got to like grow up a little or yeah. bend it a little. We're going to get freaky this season, so. Not quite so dumb sitcom, so it roars along, and there's some real good ones, and also the breaking of the fourth wall or the strangeness of it starts to increase. It doesn't. It doesn't take over, but little bits in in each of the second season episodes now are kind of oh that's weird. Like uh, the one the
0: the example that pops into my head right off the bat is. Uh, the episode of Frank Zappa who 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 is who, I recall he he appears like towards either at the very beginning or beginning. towards the end beginning. you know so he's not part of the central plot of the story but he's doing this routine with Nesmith where Mike basically puts on a Frank Zappa nose and a Frank Zappa mustache and a Frank Zappa wig and Zappa
1: plays Nesmith yeah. and that that's a little later we'll get to that in a moment but You know, again, it's roaring along. The music is getting very good Mm -hmm. because now they're getting into Pleasant Valley Sunday or the fourth album, Pisces, Aquarius, and Jones Limited. So the music in the romps, ironically, is becoming really sophisticated on their Beatle stardom type level where the filming of the romps are still somewhat older sitcom and sometimes the dichotomy between the two is a bit odd, Yeah, because you're hearing a really hip album track and they're being kind of stupid Yeah, I mean, the one I'm
0: thinking of is, I think this is a second year show with Joey, Joey Foreman as right. the Dragon Man, right. and all but one of them dress up in their monkey man costume. And so it's sort of the monkey man. I I would think that's a first season kind of gimmick, but they brought it back for the second year. And I forget which the uh, song that they played uh, back then, but um, I I do remember they did the old door
1: routine. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So everything's roaring along nicely. And again, I can't stress this enough. It doesn't ruin the show. But if you really look, you can see it. And that doesn't mean that for most of each of the shows, they act fine, they're professional, and so forth. There are some scenes where I think they were up in the catwalks hitting the frotus too much, <laughs> and they start breaking up. They're doing a take, and Jones is a, <laughs> man, cut. Because that probably was take 32, and yeah. we have to move on, yeah. leave it in. At this point, anarchy, anything goes. And, of course, when
0: you're you up to take take 32 or however many long yeah. it takes it had that runs into overtime right. and that just makes that ma- that makes the show more expensive which may which may be one figure and i'm i don't want to jump too far ahead as to why it didn't go beyond the second
1: well year. yes and i that that i think that was at least a partial factor
0: and we'll pick up that thread next week when chuck carter joins us for part three of our look at the monkeys television series revisited stay with us folks we'll be right back one more item save the dates Join Kota Life and Well Time as they kick off the new year with their amazing Radiance Retreat, 2024, January 19th through January 21st in the beautiful beach town of Malibu, California. Radiance Retreat 2024 is a weekend of wellness, healing, and stillness that will help you reclaim your vibrancy, your power, and call back your energy. For more information, follow Kota Life Goddess on Instagram. That's C O T A. Code of life Goddess on Instagram Code of Life on Facebook or visit codalife.com 45 years of the Rockford files now available in soft cover paperback and as an ebook through blackpawnpress.com and amazon.com In the meantime a reminder that you can see both episodes of turn on, for free on the Clown Jules channel on YouTube, plus Still Laughing, George Schlatter's memoir about his life and career in the world of comedy, available now as an audiobook through audible.com, while the print edition of Still Laughing, also available in bookstores everywhere. Ed Robertson, Beppe Tony Figueroa, Dana Allen-Fieldgrice, and Greg Erbar. thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear,